this yet, but today is going to be a great day. This morning starts an incredible week, a week we're believing is transformational, a week of miracles, a week where we're praying will never be the same. It's where we start our revival, and we're so thankful tonight, or this this morning's service is the beginning of that, and we already feel God's presence stirring and touching us and preparing us for what He has for us, and I'm thankful. Can we give God praise? Can we just clap our hands? Honor the presence of the Lord here today. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning to you. You chose a great day to be in the house of God just like it is every time. We believe that God is going to move and do great things in our midst. We wanted to welcome you here today. Make sure that you know that we will be having service tonight at 6 o'clock. Also through the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 7 p.m. There will be something new and fresh every night with music. And we know that that Brother Sergeant, which I'm going to welcome him, and I know that Pastor Will will have something from the Lord. And and if we could, we're so thankful that Brother Sergeant is with us, and we just wanted to welcome Reverend Lane Sergeant, no stranger to Stratford Heights Church of God, amazing man of God. If you would, just welcome one another into God's house, turn around and shake hands with a few people, let them know how glad you are to see them.
why we were singing this morning, getting our hearts, preparing our hearts for communion. I thought about when the Lord instituted this. As I've made mention many different times, it wasn't the church, it wasn't any denomination, it wasn't a man. But Jesus who said, take and eat this bread, drink this cup. I thought about when Thomas, when Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples and Thomas stood there looking on in disbelief and the Lord said, see my scars. How many of you are thankful that he gave himself for you? A God who loves us enough to give. So many philosophies and false religions in this world demand a lot from its followers. Christ wants us to just give our hearts in belief what he's already done for us. For I have received, Paul said, on the of the Lord, that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, the cup, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. God wants us to understand that this sacrament, this, this institution, this symbolism of his Death and resurrection of his crucifixion is there to remind us over and over again so that we never get off track and start to think it has anything to do with us. It's not the church that saves us. It's not the denominations that saves us. It's not a preacher that saves us. But how many of you know this morning we remember it was Jesus' sacrifice. It was what he did for us on the cross. That is what we remember this morning. He said, do this. Till I come. So as you hold the elements in your hand this morning and we remember, I would ask you to just take a moment and clear your heart and your mind and examine your own heart, your own life as we get ready to partake. Would you do that just for a moment? He break the bread and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. As often as you eat this bread, remember what I've done. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you for the incarnation, how you came to this earth our God who loved us. Thank you that you took on humankind, that you literally became a man, that you might understand and that you might pay the ultimate sacrifice for our sins and for the gift of eternal life. We remember this morning. We honor you, Lord Jesus. 
the same manner he took the cup. He said, this cup in the, is in the New Testament is my blood. So often as you drink it, remember what I've done for you and Abraham. Can you lift your hands this morning? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the blood. Come, let us reason together. Though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. We honor you this morning for the sacrifice. We, ask, we, we remember, Lord, that the substitution, the propitiation is for our sins. We honor you this morning as we worship you. We lift up holy hands unto you this morning and bless your name. We praise you and we thank you, Lord, for you are holy and we are your people. In Jesus' name.
church and this song came on the radio <laughs> and God spoke to me and he said be prepared to do battle this week. God we are here. We are here. We are determined. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are you're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like you, Lord. There is no one like our God. There is no one. There is no one like our God. We are looking for. God of 
You sing that again. Oh, there is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. Oh, there is no one like our God. We're greater. This morning, do you believe greater things are yet to happen in this city, in your own life, in your family? Are you ready for that today? Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done in this city. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands and honor his presence this morning? Lord, we've come for renewal. We've come for revival. Lord, we've come together. Lord, we believe in the power and the presence of God to do mighty things, greater things than we've ever done. Lord, in all of our lives, we look back on great revivals and we look back on times in our lives where we have known and sensed your presence. Well, Lord, we stand, we're standing here today and we're hungry and we're thirsty for the righteousness and the power and the presence of Almighty God. And Lord, we are hungry for you. We honor you today and we bless you. How many of you, you've not come here just to have, you know, go through the motions of church on Sunday because it's your normal religious tradition? How many of you come together to meet in the presence of Almighty God? You want to see a move of God in your life. Say, I've not come to play games this morning. I need God. How many of you know our country needs God? Our families need God. This is a time where we set aside every year that we come together and we, and I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. We're in the last days. Last year we had great move of God and a wonderful revival, but how many of you know we're closer to the coming of the Lord now than we were last year? God is getting ready to change history. And you and I are a part of that. And we still have loved ones that need to get in. We still have need of empowerment for God's service. We need his touch today. How many of you need a touch of renewal in your life? Amen. If you would all over the place, I'd wish you to stand with me if you're able. And if you're not, you know I want you to stay where you are. But if you can, in the presence of God right now, I want you to put your hand right over your heart. And I want us to pray for you. We prayed for needs in the altar this morning. Maybe you didn't come forward. But we want to pray for you right now where you are. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, our wonderful Savior, our substitute, the healer, Lord, for our bodies. We ask you to touch and minister to your people. Lay your hand, Lord, on every heart in life. 
let them sense and know the presence and the power of God at work in their situation. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus, expecting, anticipating, Lord, for renewal this week in our spirit. Lord, we not only pray for our bodies, but we pray for our soul. We pray, Lord, for our spirit. We pray in the name of Jesus for a renewal in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God. He's wondering this morning, is anybody hungry? Is anybody thirsty for me? And I tell you, if you are, he promises in his word, he'll fill you. He'll touch you. He'll renew you. Don't come here expecting to just go through meetings. Come every day. Come every chance you get. Cancel. Change your schedule if you have to to get here as many nights as possible. I'm challenging our church. I don't inundate you with a whole lot of revivals and special meetings. We have one big revival every year, and this is a time I'm challenging all of our church to put everything else aside. And let's come together for renewal in our congregation so that we can touch this city. How many of you know and agree with the song, Greater Things Are Yet to Come? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's all right. Right now in our service, we always take just a moment. We want to honor the work of the Lord in the earth. And so we're praying for not only the United States of America. How many of you know our president is over in the Mideast right now? How many of you know he needs a special covering of prayer while he's there? know many folks, there's so much turmoil and there's so much anger in the world right now and in the United States still so much protesting and people that don't accept what's going on. You know, I didn't necessarily accept a couple of different presidents down through my life since I've been alive, but you know what? I stayed true to the word of God and I prayed for them. I prayed for them every day. And how many of you know, it almost seems like you're not allowed to mention the name Trump anywhere and not get a bunch of people arguing somewhere. But I want to tell you, it's right in this church this morning that we pray for President Trump. How many of you know that? We need to pray for him. He's the leader of our country and we need to pray for our, our, our authorities, our governing authorities, and we need to pray for Ohio. And we need to pray for the state of Israel. And as we pray for Israel, we're not only praying for her safety, for her borders. We're praying for her sons and daughters, her governing leaders. We're praying for them, but we're also praying for the believers, the Messianic believers and the believers to come. Because how many of you know God has his hand on the state of Israel? Let's pray for all of these needs right now together. Father, we come to you. We ask you, Lord, to touch Israel. We ask you to minister, Lord, to the needs she may have. Lord, we come together seeking the good of Israel, that we might be blessed. But, Lord, the peace of Jerusalem, that your work will be done. Lord, we join you in loving the Jewish people. We stand with them today and ask you, Lord, to touch them. Protect their sons and daughters. Put your angels around their borders and keep your hand upon them as we know that you will. And, Lord, we include ourselves in faith, praying for the state of Israel. We ask you to touch them, bless them abundantly, and Lord, reveal the Messiah to them. I pray in the name of Jesus for believers to rise up out of the Jewish nation. I thank you for the Messianic believers that are there. Keep your hand upon them. May they be anointed to preach the gospel to the people that you love. We pray this in the name of Jesus, that more will come to understand you as Savior. And Lord, we pray for the United States of America. Set a little peace over our country that we can get the work of God accomplished and done. We realize we're in the last days. And Lord, the things are going to naturally begin to turn 
dark. But God, we pray right now for the presence of God and the power of God to bring a revival for those that are yet to be saved, those who are yet to be rescued, Lord. We pray over them in the name of Jesus. Touch our leaders. Touch our president as he travels across the Mideast. Lay your hand upon him and keep his entourage of leaders. And we thank you for it, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And this week, Lord, we're praying for revival. We're praying for renewal. We're praying for our people, God, that you'll touch our lost sons and daughters. You'll touch our families. And, Lord, you'll touch us, that we will be empowered for your work and your service in these last days. This could be the end of this year, could be the whole end of History as we know it in the coming of the Lord could change everything. God, help us to be ready. Help us to be on fire and touch us in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask it and we pray. And everyone together said amen. 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 Turn to someone and just tell them Jesus is coming. You're welcome to be seated. God bless you. Well, a couple of things. One is... We're thankful for those who, who ran in the 5K marathon yesterday up in Columbus. We had several runners, Cameron Jones, our youth pastor, leading the crew. And he uh, did a wonderful job of soliciting runners from our congregation. They went up and they ran, raising money for orphans in the world, 13 different orphanages. And so we're proud of them for what they did. Then they got on the highway and they flew all the way back here for our family skate yesterday. I don't know how many of you were able to attend. I got there thinking I had about 30 minutes left and there nobody was there. So I took a picture of me with Skateway behind me going, where's everybody at? But they had a wonderful time. I understand the place was packed full. Stratford Heights family and I thank our Rock Island Children's Department and our Orange team. And Cameron and Missy Osborne, Cameron Jones and Missy Osborne for, for all their hard work in making that a huge success. They're already wanting to know when we're doing it again. So that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And today we begin revival. Someone that most all of you knew, unless you're new to this church this year, then you know very well who Lane and Judy Sargent are. They are former pastors of our church. Eight years they pastored at the Harlem Park building in this congregation. And we experienced insurmountable growth and wonderful revival during that time. And uh, they have been a spiritual mentor and father to me mother and father spiritually to me. I love them very much. He's my hero, and he's been one of the most real people in my life. He has been there for me when no one else was. He would call me at times. There was at 6 in the morning, I remember getting a phone call long, several years ago, and he said, Ray, and when he talks, you'll know I sounded just like him just then. <laughs> he said, I'm praying for you this morning. What's going on? And I said, oh, man, I'm great. I'm awesome. It's great. Good to hear from you. And he goes, all right, you don't have to tell me. But I'm praying for you anyway. And then I went, okay, here it is. And I just laid it all out. He always has known. I didn't have a big daddy with a lot of money. I didn't have a, a big name in the church of God. I was a, practically an orphan. I was an only child out of six that found my way to Middletown. And brother and sister sergeant adopted me into their family treated me like a king. I will never, how many of you know you never forget when people extend kindness and goodness to you? I didn't know anybody in this church. I knew the Kelly family and I knew the sergeants. They were the two families that adopted me and took me in. And I'm so thankful for him as a spiritual father. I wouldn't trust this pulpit to many evangelists, many call, 
but I, I won't trust them to many because I want to know that the word that's coming is real and it's powerful and from the Lord. And I'm thankful that they're here today. And God bless you. We're excited to welcome you again to Stratford Heights. Welcome home. I sent him a text yesterday and I said, welcome home. Because we know they're home when they're here. He's already preparing and telling me about how he's been praying, studying, and getting ready for this revival. He's come with a word. And so I'm thankful and ready to receive. Our ushers are coming. They're ready to receive as well. As you are faithful to pay your tithe and in giving today, we're asking you to give towards our revival. And ask God to bless and touch their ministry as we are part of their journey as they continue to evangelize around the country. And so we're thankful today. Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you give to us. Lord, we pray your blessings and your strength upon every church and every ministry that they go to throughout this year. We're praying your blessings upon them. Honor them today. Meet the needs in their life through us. As we give, we honor you. We thank you for revival that's here with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Before the choir comes and while they're receiving the offering today, I just want to go over a couple things. Sometimes someone says they don't know what's, what's needed in the church. They don't know what we need unless we tell you. Well, I had Nicole Locke, who is director of our volunteer life. Nicole, up there, wave at us, hiding behind a black music stand. She put together a beautiful little list right here, and I'm, I'm thinking we're just going to have to reproduce this and put it in the bulletin so you would know what's available. I want to read down through a couple of things. We, we need tech team on, on cameras and, and audio and sound, technical directors. And we need uh, first impressions, greeters and connectors. We need you. If you're friendly and you love to welcome people, we would love to see you serve as a frontline person. They say people visiting a church will make up their mind in the first 12 minutes whether they'll ever attend again. 12 minutes. They haven't even heard me preach yet. They haven't even heard Gary Turner lead a choir. But they will have already made up their mind. Why? Because of the way they're made to feel when they come in. So we need good, friendly, wonderful people who would love to help us to welcome our guests. If you'd like to do that, man, see Nicole or any of our staff and they'll direct you. We, we're cleaning. The whole new building is cleaned by volunteers. We would like you to help us with that. If you've got a couple hours during the week, one or two hours where you can come by and say, I'll do, I'll empty the trash cans or I'll sweep the floor or I'll take care of some classrooms, we would love to have you help us to do that. Nicole is taking, we need eight volunteers in this area. And there's a whole bunch more children's ministry. The Redeemed Ohio ministry needs workers. Music ministry, soundboard operators, we need them in Christian education all through the building. There's lots, and we're going to have this printed out so you can know for sure. But if you're thinking about serving, then you need to see Nicole, and you're going to be blessed as you give and serve in the church. Amen? Amen. God bless you. It shines like 
Praise the Lord. I know you're the early group, and I know you're still kind of halfway in bed and halfway out. But God is making a setup for what he has promised. I'm going to tell you up front, I don't know what's going to happen this week. I don't know what I'm going to preach this week. But the Lord has told me again this morning, I have you where I want you so I can do through you what I want to do. I do not want to hear that it's coming. It's here. Hello, how would you like to go wait on an airplane and they said it's coming? And you stay till tomorrow and they say it's coming. And the next day it's coming. Finally, you'd leave. It's not coming. This is it. This is what he has promised. This, and don't try to put a, a label on it or try to put a marker on it or try to say this is how it's going to be. God is sitting, setting this church up for something you have prayed for for a hundred years. You believe me. Boy, hello. Somebody look at me and say, good morning. Now, do it with a smile. Good morning. I feel like I'm in a class and everybody don't have their homework done. You can be seated. While he was speaking a moment ago, he referred to our president, and before we put anything on the screen, guys, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 45. The Lord put this on my heart a moment ago to pray for our president one more time. Somebody said, how do we know he's prophetical? Because it says the last trump shall sound. Don't think it was talking about him. But maybe he is going to be a part of the last days that will Cause the last trump to sound. Amen. How many believe that we are at a juncture in our nation? We can either rise or we can fall. We can either move up or we can crumble. Say fear. Face everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. Do I have any risers? See, you make a choice in everything that happens in your life. You can face it and run away from it, or you can face it and rise above it. And I believe in all the chaotic condition that's going on in the world today, especially in America, that we are going to rise to that place that God has promised because I believe there's somebody along with me that's going to be faithful to God. Amen? The Lord told me to read this, and we're going to pray for the president, then I'll preach what I think I'm supposed to, okay? Isaiah 45, I believe, is referring to him prophetically. You've got to remember something as I read this. Cyrus was the, one of the most wicked kings that was ever ruling. Yet God used him. Today, this moment, while I am speaking to you now, our president is addressing the Arab nations Come on, do you understand where you are? Do you understand that God has allowed you to be alive in this day? Do you understand that he trusted you to be here right now? Do you understand he knew when you were born that you would be living in the era where 2 Timothy 3 says, in the last days perilous times shall come? Hello? 
See, if you don't talk loud to me, we're going to be here till the next group gets here. Perilous times have come. How many believe we're perilous? Rise up to where you are. He trusted you enough to have you to be born in this era and this generation because he knew you could stand up and you could withstand and you could rise. He knew who you were. He said to tell you this morning these are perilous times, but he said to give you Isaiah 60, said arise and shine for your light has come. It's time to rise. It's time to let your light shine. He said here, and, I, and I'm referring this to Trump, okay? Never done this before, but I'm going to do it. Verse 1, thus says the Lord to his anointed. How can somebody be anointed and not be a child of God? Look at Cyrus. He was wicked, but God said, I'm going to anoint you to use you. Whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him, to loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before him. I will make crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze, and I will cut in bars of iron, and I will give you the treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places, that the Lord, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Folks, we got to pray. Because this is an opportunity for a, for a return and a renewal and a calming and a bringing of what you did. How many believe when you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, it can happen? There's no reason to pray if it doesn't. Would you raise your right hand with me? Father, I pray over our president. I pray over the Middle East. I pray over the situations. Lord, I pray against those who are in our own country who are rising in protest and lying and slandering and everything that's going on. Lord, I pray I come against the dominion and powers that have arisen of darkness that are trying to captivate people and people's hearts. Lord, I pray for the heart of the president that whether he is your child or not, I don't know that, but you know that, but you're able to take this man and use him to turn everything around and bring a peace into the Middle East, and Father, I believe it can be done through you in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. All right, everybody okay now? Turn with me in your Bible to a familiar scripture. Title of my message is, If Then. If, say if, then. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, say if, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If you believe it, shout amen. I, I, I can't put it all together. I wish I could come here today and tell you the rest of the week this is the order in which I'm preaching. I don't have a clue. So you better pray because when a preacher don't have a clue, he don't know when to quit. Amen. It's all right. I honor your pastor. We'll be talking more in the next service. He is a son of mine in the ministry. We appreciate him. I, I tell you, this is my first time to see your facility. When you got it all finished, I've seen it under construction. Congratulations. It looks good. It looks great. 
and God is blessing you, but the best is yet to come. Starting today. Starting today. You know I'm not going to stay up here. Everybody okay? He said I got to be through by 1030, okay? So y'all look at your watch, and if it look, if you start beating your watch and putting it up to your ear, I know it's time. Look at this. He said, if my people. Now, we've got to put this into context. This was right after Solomon had dedicated a temple that was the most beautiful edifice that had ever been built. When, when we look at this edifice, there's a scripture that says that even what they put the stones in place, there was not a sound of a hammer, which means while this building was being constructed, there was peace. There was no sound of a hammer. Everything fit in place. He put in all that gold and all that. That's when the queen of Sheba came and said, the half has never been told. I cannot believe my eyes. I've never looked at something like this. I am in awe of what's going on. Then he dedicated the temple. I'm going quickly now, okay. He took hundreds of thousands of animals. You can go back and read it. And as he dedicated the temple, he slaughtered all these animals. He built an altar unto God. He gave glory unto God. Then he prayed that long prayer of dedication of the temple. When he finished praying the dedication prayer of the temple, we find that it says the priest could not minister because of the glory of God that was in the temple. They couldn't even stand up. Amen. I don't know about you, but I believe the glory of God is in this house. They could not stand because God had filled that temple. And unless he fills this temple this week, we might as well go home. If you're just coming to hear me preach, God bless you. If you're just coming to hear them sing, God bless you. But I am coming to have an encounter with God that I'll never be the same. I am looking for transformation in my life that I will not be the same man that walked on this property this morning. I will be a different person because of transformation. Not change, not transition, transformation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He said, if my people, who are they? Those are the ones that are called by my name. It's time for the Christians to come out of the closet. Let's be proud that we're Christians. Hello? Too long we've hidden it. Too long. I challenge you again. I think I did this last year a little bit. I challenge you. Get out of your box. Do something radical. It will work because you're not only called by his name. You are identifying with him, and when you're called by his name, the word name actually means authority. That means he gives you authority to do what needs to be done. I'm just going to be personal with you this morning. This past week, I believe it was Wednesday, I'd had my car worked on. I picked up the car, and me and the man who, were, who had fixed it were talking. And I finished talking, and I got to thinking about our conversation, and I felt like I got to go back. So I went back to his place of business, and he wasn't there. His sister who runs the office was there, and I looked up, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, you're not back here to talk to him. You're here to talk to her. Now, let me tell you, this is not easy for me to do. You look at me and say, well, he's a preacher. He said, no, no, it's not. He said, you go in her office, and you tell her you're praying for her. You know what happened to her? She broke down and began to cry. And we had a prayer meeting right there. I left there. Judy called me and said the... Uh, what do you call those reps that sell drugs? I'm not on the street. You know, she works for a doctor, okay? And they were the drug rep was there. And she said, honey, you need to come by. She needs to talk to you. Guess what? I went by and talked to her, and we had prayer, and she began to weep. 
when I began to leave, the person who does the counseling, she had opened her door and somebody was leaving. The Holy Spirit said, go in there and talk to her. I went in there and talked to her. I prayed with her and she began to weep. Then the Holy Spirit said, I want you to take. Now, i got to bring this into context. I'm just being a little personal this morning. If you want to hear the rest of the message, stay for round two. Look, when I got through with that, the Holy Spirit spoke. Now, I'm talking about being real. Hello. We, we, we live in too much fear that it won't happen. That's not your job. Your job is to be the messenger. Yeah, I've been pastoring a church for four months, and boy, somebody came to me and two or three Sundays ago, we were taking a vote, and while we're getting ready to take a vote, a guy walks up, stands beside me while we're singing, and said, we got to stop this vote today. I thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I looked at him. I said, I'm not the overseer. I'm the messenger. We're going to vote. I'm just a messenger today. How many know you're just a messenger? And if you're the messenger, the Lord said, okay, I want you to go get prayer cloths. Because you know we got prayer cloths. And on those prayer cloths, it says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. He said, I want you to go and gather together the girls' softball team. Now, at Summerton, we have a Christian school. And a Christian school is fully accredited. plays all Alabama sports. And I went up on the field while they were gathering. And it wasn't that easy. They don't all go to church because they go to the school. He said, give them a prayer cloth and pray over it. I did. Didn't know why. Do you know what happened to them? This past Friday, they had to play five ball games. And when I prayed for them, I said, I'm not praying for you to win. I'm praying for you to do your best. You know what happened? The best won. The best they could do won. Why? I think it's because you can do all things through Christ or nothing is impossible with God. What are you facing today? What are you facing? Because whatever it is, it's time for you to realize you are called by his name, and in that name is all authority and all power that you need to face whatever it is. Don't turn around and run. Face it and rise above it and know that God has his hand on your life. Say it. Say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Now, we're good at humbling somebody else. Boy, what? Hello. Good to have y'all this morning. Look, humble yourself. That is a word that means what they used to use in the Middle Eastern. They would put a pillow there. You'd put your knees on that pillow. You'd prostrate yourself. And you'd prostrate yourself, and you could not look into the eyes of the king unless he addressed you. You, had no, you have no eye contact with him. You say, what are you doing? I am telling you this morning, my king is seated on the throne with all power and all authority. I don't have a right to do anything but come and humble myself before him and say, I am just your lowly servant. Amen? And when you under, he said, well, what? Humble yourselves. Not only do you humble yourselves, you pray. Not only do you pray, you seek his face. Say, seek his face. See, praying is when you are talking to God about your need. Seeking his face, actually the word face is an Old Testament word that means his presence. Let me tell you something. I do not want to live anywhere without his presence. I, I want to be a daily person who lives daily in my life, 24-7, in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. What are you saying? I'm saying it said not only do you pray, you seek to move into his presence. We do not spend enough time listening to what God says. We spend most of our time asking for what we want, and we leave before we hear what he says. Lord, I ain't got time. I got to go. Let me tell you, I have learned in the last year, not probably less than that, last 14 days, the Lord did it to me again. He makes me go. He don't make me. 
he don't, he don't make me. I have to volunteer, okay? But he require, he requests of me, and I go, and I just spend time with him. Can I tell you, if we look at where we are, the only way you're going to see what God will do is spending time with him. Hello. You are listening, and I want to challenge you. No more do we want what has happened in the past. We want what God has now. If you humble yourself, pray, and seek his face, all of this happens, then he says, then will I hear. Hear. I remember when my children were much younger. How many, had, how many remember when your children used to hear you, but they didn't listen? I'm his child, and sometimes I hear him, but I don't listen. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm so glad the early service is perfect. Oh, you are so good. I can't wait till the next group. They're going to be the rascals, okay? He said, what? Look at this. I will hear. There is not one prayer you have uttered he has not heard. He takes note of every one of them. He doesn't lay this one aside and keep this one. He hears. You know, I've learned in my lifetime he answers prayer three ways. Yes. How many know he's ever said yes to you? How many know he's ever said no? How many, how many, how many here today he's ever said you've got to be kidding? Because sometimes we ask for things that just don't work. Because he knows his will for our life. He said, what will happen? I will hear you. Then he says what I love. I will forgive your sin. What? But before, let me back up. I went too far. He said, if you'll seek my face before he gets to, before we get to him hearing, I miss one point. Say, turn from your wicked ways. Turn, turn from your wicked ways. I've read that. And all this time I thought, well, what he's talking about is my sins. No, no, no. I began to do a word study into the word wicked. What I found out is it is a word that simply means you are not fulfilling God's purpose. Go with me back to Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1, during the creation, every time the Lord would create something, he would say, it is good. Say, say, it is good. And every time he would do it, he'd look back, he'd stand and look at it is good. Five times, go back and read it. It is good. It is good. You know what he was saying? This is created to fulfill its purpose. He created a tree to fulfill its purpose. He created a fish to fulfill its purpose. He created animals to fulfill its their purpose. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you, you take a fish out of water, he won't work. Not only did he create you to fulfill your purpose, he has placed you in an environment where you can live. Amen. You take a fish out of water, he won't make it. Take an animal, put him in water, he won't make it. But you have an environment he said, every time it is good, this will fulfill its purpose. This will fulfill its purpose. This will fulfill its purpose until he created man. And when he created man, he said, it's not good. You know why? It's not good for man to be alone. You know what that's talking about? Relationships. We must have each other. 
No man is an island. Amen. But we all are working together. He said, it is good. Now, go back with me to where I was at. He said, turn from your steps of not fulfilling my purpose. Purpose. Say purpose. That's where he's driving me today. Purpose. Are you fulfilling his purpose? Pastor, I'll do funerals, and I'll go out and walk through the graves. And I'll look at a date that says this person was born and a date that says they died, and I'll look at the dash, and I'll say that was their purpose. Hello? The only thing left after you die is the dash. What did you do in the dash? And then I begin to look and say, I wonder how many people out here that have lived and died and never fulfilled their purpose. I do not want to exist. I do not want to just go through life. I'm not just traveling to do what I'm doing. I want to fulfill my purpose. People look at me strange. I think I said this to you last night. I've already prayed, said, Lord, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to lay in the bed somewhere. I want to down the road if I have to. I do not want to quit until I fulfill my purpose. What is your purpose? You're not... Let me tell you something. We used to have a term I don't like, illegitimate children. No, there's illegitimate child, children, uh, illegitimate parents who had a child. Hello. There are no illegitimate children. Every child born in the human race, God knew about it. He said, I knew you before you were born. I've written a book about you. I know the last chapter. Hello. He said, in my mother's womb, he knew who I was. What is your purpose? What is your purpose? He read a list a moment ago of people you need in this church. Is that your purpose? Find out. Your purpose is not to warm the pew. Your purpose is to sit in the pew to receive the word to fulfill your purpose. Say purpose. He said, turn from not doing your purpose. When you do, I'll forgive your sin and I will heal your Go with me quickly in your mind, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You all know it. You don't have to turn there. simply says we all know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord who are what? Called according to his. Say it. Come on. I want you all to say that loud before I close. Say purpose. Ah, there you go. You can hang around now. Help me next time. Listen. He said all things work together for for what? See, we get so mistaken with this scripture. Oh, everything that happens to you happens good. No, no, no. Everything that happens is for the good. The good. He told me to stand in front of you and tell you that. The good. The bad will be the good. The shadows will be the light. The Oh, my Lord. I don't know why he said to stand and tell you that the enemy has tried to hinder your purpose, but God is telling you you're going to rise from where you are and you're going to be stronger than ever before. Oh, my Lord. You will fulfill your purpose. My God. Woo, I feel churchy now. Y'all better get ready. Come on. He said, it, everything that happens, what? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. I'll close with this. I'll try. The word purpose in the New Testament, we cross it over into Hebrew. It means showbread. And that got me a little bit curious. 
Showbread? What does it mean? Showbread in the tabernacle was placed there once a week. It was 12 loaves of bread. Now, not, not like bunny bread, okay? It was flat things, tasteless like you had this morning for communion, okay? That's what it was, just flat pieces of bread, 12 of them, to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And each week they were placed there in the tabernacle, and the reason they were placed there, they were called showbread, and the word showbread means bread of his presence. In other words, the bread was placed there representing the 12 tribes, which indicated that the only accomplishment that would happen in here was when the Shekinah glory and the presence of God shows up. Amen. When you see, now let me show you what happened. This bread would stay there for seven days. Now, try this at home next week. Get you a piece of bread, lay it out, and leave it there for seven days and go back and eat it. Yuck, right? Let me show you what happened here. When they would go back, when it was finished, the only one allowed to eat the bread was the priesthood. My Bible tells me that you and I are royal priests. Amen? So who's allowed to eat the bread of his presence? The priesthood. He said, I am available for you. I am available that you will come into my presence and you will be able. The, when the priest would eat it, after it had been there for seven days, it was still just as fresh as when it started. Let me tell you, the bread of the presence of God is just as fresh this morning as it was in 1980 when I showed up to be your pastor. Let me tell you, the bread of his presence never stales, it never gets old, it never molds. Every time he shows up, it is as fresh as when it started way back in the Old Testament time. The bread of his presence means you can have the fresh touch of God in your life and he will renew you. He will strengthen you. You will mount up with wings as an eagle. Let me tell you something. His presence is in this house and this presence is going to be here. And when you get into his presence, there's nothing like it. You can eat of the bread of his presence and it will fulfill. It will strengthen. It will build you up. If you believe it, give him praise in this house. Father, I hope this made sense. Lord, never in my life have I just been failing just walking by faith. Lord, that's easy to preach. It sure is hard to do. <laughs> There's something that must happen in the lives of these people that is transformational. Stand with me, please. And reverence the presence of God. In the presence of Jehovah. My God. Don't get in a hurry, please. We got time. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. 
as he's singing that? What is it you need to just walk into his presence about? Come on, walk up here. Just walk up here. Leave it there and walk up here. Anybody? Yes. Thank you, Father. Come on, lift your hands in his presence. Somebody's dealing with hurt. Leave it and come on. Somebody's dealing with disappointment. Leave it behind and come on. Oh, come on. Come on, lift those hands. We are in his presence. Father, you've dealt with me for 14 days. And I've released it to you. I don't want anybody to leave here. Moving into your presence, Lord. Coming under that umbrella of your presence. Wrap us up. My God. My God. My God. He won't let me do anything else because I'm waiting on somebody. I don't know who you are. Sometimes he points out people to me, but right now he's not doing that. Leave it. Let go. Move into his presence that your joy may be restored. Just take my shortcut to your separate riba Korea. Come on, I need some prayer partners. Raise your hands. Come on. We need intercession, folks. We're dealing with stuff. <laughs> it's just stuff. They couldn't find King Saul because he was hidden behind the stuff. Let the stuff go. It doesn't matter. It's not that important. My God. My Lord, there's such a deepness. In the presence. I want you to sing that with him. I want you to open your mouth and sing. I want some more prayer partners to come up here. We know you got to go. We got we got to transition.
you right where you are. Would you just lift your hands and honor the presence of God? In the presence. We thank you, Lord, for the message, the word of God that speaks to our hearts, challenges us. Lord, moves us into that place of understanding and knowing it is you. You're the one who empowers us. You're the one, God, who hears us. You're the one who heals us. You are the purpose behind every move and every step we take. God, we love you this morning. We honor you and we respond to you. We thank you for the challenge before our hearts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hearts praise this morning. He's worthy. Challenge you again. Be here tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, for Richard, uh, was probably going to tell you, I think he was going to be speaking to you about the meet and greet that says that today we are going to be moving to a meet and greet that next the next time we have them, we're going to be moving to one after the 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. But today, if, you're, if you've been new to our church over the last little while, we are having a meet and greet at the end of the second service. We'd love it if you had brunch and came back and uh, met us and talked with us a little while after that first service. But God bless you. Pray for us today. We're getting ready to go into another service. How many of you will keep us in your hearts for the service too? Let's pray that God touches and renews our heart this week in revival at Stratford Heights. God bless you. We'll see you every day, every night through Thursday. God bless you.